This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament Reading Ecclesiastes 1 through Ecclesiastes 3 Chapter 1 The Words of the Teacher, the Son of David, King in Jerusalem Introduction Utter Futility Futile, futile, laments the Teacher. Absolutely futile. Everything is futile. Futility illustrated from nature. What benefit do people get from all the effort which they expend on earth? A generation comes and a generation goes, but the earth remains the same through the ages. The sun rises and the sun sets. It hurries away to a place from which it rises again. The wind goes to the south and circles around to the north. Round and round the wind goes, and on its rounds it returns. All the streams flow into the sea but the sea is not full. And to the place where the streams flow, there they will flow again. All this monotony is tiresome. No one can bear to describe it. The eye is never satisfied with seeing, nor is the ear ever content with hearing. What exists now is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. There is nothing truly new on earth. Is there anything about which someone can say, look at this, it is new? It was already done long ago, before our time. No one remembers former events, nor will anyone remember the events that are yet to happen. They will not be remembered by the future generations. The Futility of Secular Accomplishment I, the teacher, have been king over Israel in Jerusalem. I decided to carefully and thoroughly examine all that has been accomplished on earth. I concluded, God has given people a burdensome task that keeps them occupied. I reflected on everything that is accomplished by man on earth, and I concluded, everything he has accomplished is futile, like chasing the wind. What is bent cannot be straightened, and what is missing cannot be supplied. Futility of Secular Wisdom I thought to myself, I have become much wiser than any of my predecessors who ruled over Jerusalem. I have acquired much wisdom and knowledge. So I decided to discern the benefit of wisdom and knowledge over foolish behavior and ideas. However, I concluded that even this endeavor is like trying to chase the wind. For with great wisdom comes great frustration. Whoever increases his knowledge merely increases his heartache. Chapter 2. Futility of Self-Indulgent Pleasure I thought to myself, Come now, 
I will try self-indulgent pleasure to see if it's worthwhile. But I found that it is futile. I said of partying, it is folly. And of self-indulgent pleasure, it accomplishes nothing. I thought deeply about the effects of indulging myself with wine. All the while my mind was guiding me with wisdom and the effects of behaving foolishly so that I might discover what is profitable for people to do on earth during the few days of their lives. Futility of materialism. I increased my possessions. I built houses for myself. I planted vineyards for myself. I designed royal gardens and parks for myself. I planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I constructed pools of water for myself. To irrigate my grove of flourishing trees, I purchased male and female slaves and I own slaves who were born in my house. I also possess more livestock, both herds and flocks, than any of my predecessors in Jerusalem. I also amass silver and gold for myself, as well as valuable treasures taken from kingdoms and provinces. I acquired male singers and female singers for myself. And what gives a man sensual delight? A harem of beautiful concubines. So I was far wealthier than all my predecessors in Jerusalem. Yet I maintained my objectivity. I did not restrain myself from getting whatever I wanted. I did not deny myself anything that would bring me pleasure. So all my accomplishments gave me joy. This was my reward for all my effort. Yet when I reflected on everything I had accomplished and on all the effort I had expended to accomplish it, I concluded, all these achievements and possessions are ultimately profitless, like chasing the wind. There is nothing gained from them on earth. Wisdom is better than folly. Next, I decided to consider wisdom, as well as foolish behavior and ideas. For what more can the king's successor do than what the king has already done? I realized that wisdom is preferable to folly, such as light is preferable to darkness. The wise man can see where he is going, but the fool walks in darkness. Yet I also realized that the same fate happens to them both. So I thought to myself, the fate of the fool will happen even to me. Then, what did I gain by becoming so excessively wise? So I lamented to myself, the benefits of wisdom are ultimately meaningless. For the wise man, like the fool, will not be remembered for very long, because in the days to come, both will already have been forgotten. Alas, the wise man dies, just like the fool. So I loathe life because what happens on earth seems awful to me. For all the benefits of wisdom are futile, like chasing the wind. Futility of being a workaholic. So I loathed all the fruit of my effort, for which I worked so hard on earth, because I must leave it behind in the hands of my successor. Who knows if he will be a wise man or a fool? Yet he will be master over all the fruit of my labor, for which I worked so wisely on earth. This also is futile. So I began to despair about all the fruit of my labor, for which I work so hard on earth. For a man may do this work with wisdom, knowledge, and skill. However, he must hand over the fruit of his labor as an inheritance to someone else who did not work for it. This also is futile and an awful injustice. Painful days and restless nights. What does a man acquire from all his labor and from the anxiety that accompanies his toil on earth? For all day long his work produces pain and frustration, and even at night his mind cannot relax. This also is futile. Enjoy work and its benefits. 
There is nothing better for people than to eat and drink and to find enjoyment in their work. I also perceive that this ability to find enjoyment comes from God, for no one can eat and drink or experience joy apart from Him. For to the one who pleases Him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy. But to the sinner, He gives the task of amassing wealth, only to give it to the one who pleases God. This task of the wicked is futile, like chasing the wind. Chapter 3 A Time for All Events in Life For everything there is an appointed time, and an appropriate time for every activity on earth. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot what was planted. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give something up as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to rip and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Man is ignorant of God's timing. What benefit can a worker gain from his toil? I have observed the burden that God has given to people to keep them occupied. God has made everything fit beautifully in its appropriate time. But he has also placed ignorance in the human heart so that people cannot discover what God has ordained from the beginning to the end of their lives. Enjoy life in the present. I have concluded that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to enjoy themselves as long as they live, and also that everyone should eat and drink and find enjoyment in all his toil. For these things are a gift from God, God's sovereignty. I also know that whatever God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken away from it. God has made it this way so that men will fear him. Whatever exists now has already been and whatever will be has already been, for God will seek to do again what has occurred in the past. The Problem of Injustice and Oppression I saw something else on earth. In the place of justice there was wickedness, and in the place of fairness there was wickedness. I thought to myself, God will judge both the righteous and the wicked, for there is an appropriate time for every activity, and there is a time of judgment for every deed. I also thought to myself, It is for the sake of people, so God can clearly show that they are like animals. For the fate of humans and the fate of animals are the same. As one dies, so dies the other. Both have the same breath. There is no advantage for humans over animals, for both are fleeting. Both go to the same place. Both come from the dust, and to dust both return. Who really knows if the human spirit ascends upward? and the animal spirit descends into the earth. So I perceive there is nothing better than for people to enjoy their work, because that is their reward. For who can show them what the future holds? New Testament reading, Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. The Widow's Offering Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. He also saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. He said, 
I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For they all offer their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything she had to live on. Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44, the widow's offering. Then he sat down opposite the offering box and watched the crowd putting coins into it. Many rich people were throwing in large amounts, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, worth less than a penny. He called his disciples and said to them, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the offering box than all the others. For they all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in what she had to live on, everything she had. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 Salutation from Paul and Silvanus and Timothy to the Church of the Thessalonians in God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. Thanksgiving for response to the gospel. We thank God always for all of you as we mention you constantly in our prayers, because we recall in the presence of our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and endurance of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that He has chosen you, and that our gospel did not come to you merely in words, but in power and in the Holy Spirit. And with deep conviction, surely you recall the character we displayed when we came among you to help you, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, when you received the message with joy that comes from the Holy Spirit, despite great affliction. As a result, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Acacia, for from you the message of the Lord has echoed forth not just in Macedonia and Acacia, but in every place reports of your faith in God have spread so that we do not need to say anything. For people everywhere report how you welcomed us and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. Jesus, our Deliverer, from the coming wrath. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Gracious and righteous and just God, we thank you, O Lord, for your word today. We thank you, O God, for this reminder, these many, many reminders about the ways in which we can find ourselves living in a place of despair, wondering if our work and our words and our life have any meaning, wondering if what we sow now will be reaped in a harvest in the future, O God. But we are grateful that the truth is that only what we do for Christ will last. We are grateful, O God, that the way that we live, the way we speak, the way that we're silent, O God, in all that we do are now a form of worship to you. And our lives and our work and our praise and our joys and our despair, they all matter to you. So we thank you for this, O God. We thank you that we are more than the labors from our hand or how much money that we make or how much knowledge we acquire. We thank you, O God, that we have deep, deep worth because we are made in the image of God and we are the children of God. We thank you, O Lord, that you have entrusted us with so much. You've given up your very son on our behalf and you rose him from the dead. And we give you praise and thanks for your offering on our behalf. And in response, O God, we give ourselves to you. We're reminded of the purposeful and worshipful life that this 
poor widow lived, O God, giving all of what she had as a reminder that her worship, her actions speak generations and generations later, even to us right now. What she has done was not in vanity, was not easily discarded with her life, O God, but you have given her a testimony of actions that speak to us today, that speak to us right now. Her generosity, her offering of her very self, of all that she had to you, O God, speaks through the generations. And we are reminded, O God, that we may live in a place of despair, wondering if our life is worthwhile, if our actions are worthwhile, or what does this all mean? We can find ourselves, O God, in a place of spiraling despair, a sense of worthlessness, O God, a sense of futility. But I am so grateful that you can take the actions of a poor widow and you can show us that what we do for Christ, that what we do in giving ourselves fully to you can speak through the generations. And all of heaven know of this woman. All of heaven knows of this woman, this poor widow, who you called out to your disciples as a teaching example, oh God. And may we learn the lesson that she taught in the way that she lived Let us render all of ourselves before you, O God, because you are worthy. Lord, we thank you that you are the giver of good gifts and you have given all on our behalf. And so we entrust ourselves to you today and we entrust that you will keep us, that you will take care of us, that you will never forsake us, that you, O God, will be the lifter of our head and that you will provide for us the resources and provision that we need. So receive from us today the worship and praise of our very lives, O God. Receive from us today our two bronze coins, all of who we are before you, O God. And we thank you, O Lord, that you do indeed make much out of our sacrifice. And we will make much about your sacrifice on our behalf. Amen, amen, and amen. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth's Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Something to say